today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Jason and Derek here. Jason with a full legal pad because we have got a podcast that's a little bit like a throwback. A little bit a little like back a behind, the, behind bar. the bar days. What we're going to do is we're just going to summarize where things are in the trial of Alec Murdoch for the double murder of his estranged wife and his son, Paul. A lot is happening. The news, I, I've never quite seen anything like this. trial's been going on for months, but over the last week, or month and a half, over the last week, things have just taken off. He's now, Alec Murdoch is now taking the stand. Apparently it's pronounced Alec, even though yes. it spells it Alex. There's a Netflix documentary that is going on contemporaneously with the trial, and yeah. everyone is, is hooked in to learn all about this. Very, very strange, powerful family. It's sort of a window into how things work in very small communities led by very powerful talk, talk about this just for a second. We'll get into yeah. the, to, to the allegations and what's happening in the trial in a second. Give us, give us a minute on the background of this bizarre family. Yeah, so they're, they're from a place in South Carolina called Low Country. I mean, that is the says name of it. says all you need to know. It says right all there. you need to know. This is vast expanses of farming land, sort of swamp territory where you hunt a lot when you grow up and things of that nature. He, uh, so this family, the Murdaws, go back generations, several generations, uh, back to the early uh, part of the 20th century, the 1910s and 20s. So they're a family of, of lawyers. They, they, they have a firm in South Carolina that is one of the largest and most impressive law firms. Now, Alec Murdaugh is probably the fifth or the fourth or fifth generation away from the founder of the firm. And, and by the way, three of these guys, have, while serving as private law firms, have also been the district attorney for this yes. area. They've also <laughs> been the lead prosecutor in this area for years, which is the way it works in some small towns. But where, to give people a sense, that means you're on both sides yeah. of cases. <laughs> you're defending so the they guy have both law enforcement and yeah. they have very heavy ties with law enforcement through the prosecutor's office. And as a result, law enforcement individuals, cops, officers of that nature. So there's a lot of distrust by the uh, remaining members of the community who feel like this family is just too powerful and get away with everything. That has existed for years. And we'll talk about what they have gotten away with or allegedly gotten away with in a second. But let's let's go to the trial. So June 7th, 2021, Alex Murdoch calls police at 10.06 p.m. from his cell phone, reports discovering the bodies of his 52-year-old wife, Maggie, somewhat estranged. They weren't living together at the time. Right. A little weird. and well, Not that it's weird to be strange, but the facts are weird. And 22-year-old son, Paul, near the dog kennels on a beach property they had. It wasn't their main house. Somewhere else near but there. But a massive property. A massive property. Yeah, they have thousands of acres, one of their properties, and so right. forth. So he finds them near the dog kennels. He initially tells police that at the time prior to discovering their bodies he had been with his terminally ill father and demented mother at their nursing home or convalescent homes and just came upon the scene uh cell phone records the pinging of cell phones clearly proves that not to be true he then confesses that he had lied about when he got to the dog kennels he said that he's he's confessed to a lot of lies that he told investigators but the he's reason, adamant about not shooting but he's adamant about not son. shooting his wife and son and he blames all these lies on financial woes and trying to cover up a lot of financial issues, which we'll talk about, and also a severe opioid uh, addiction, which yes. he says clouded every aspect of his life. Yeah, I think he said that he, ha he suffered some sort of injury that he then uh, developed this opioid addiction that has consumed a lot of money. I think $10 million by some reports he's he's put into this opioid right. addiction. This is a family that's worth, you know, tens, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars, but that's a that's a crippling addiction when, yeah. you're, when you're spending that kind of money. And so that's part of his defense is that, yes, he was, you know, sort of, I think it we'll explains see how this the develops. lies. It explains, it explains the lies right. in a way that doesn't lead to murder. Because he's gotten caught in, in a bunch of them, you know, prior 
so, so, but prior, one of the things that came out that prior to the night that his wife was murdered, that, that night he had called her and had a conversation. Now, it's unclear exactly what happened. He, she, but she, after that call, called a friend and said, Alec is acting really weird. He's asked me to come down to this other property. Yes. And I think something, he, she said something fishy is going on. They were estranged at the time. Um, he says there was no such conversation. Uh, they may have talked, but it certainly wasn't fishy. Right. He didn't even know when she was going down to the to the property. He couldn't have possibly known that she was going to be there at the time. Now, Maggie was the was the wife's name, and the son is Paul. Uh, Maggie was killed by a type of high powered rifle that is a very specific gun with specific types of ammunition, specific type of ammunition that. He owned. So that's a very bad fact for, for Alec. Now, he's adamant that this is a gun that is a hunting gun and there that are does other exist. people it's have not, that Yes, yeah, sure. exactly. It's not, a, it's not a colonial gun or sort of, sort of a unique But his piece, son, but killed at the same time, same location, killed with a different gun. Yes. And so he would say that that's evidence that this was potentially multiple people involved. Multiple people involved. But if you're conspiracy-minded, you might think that if you want to cover up a double homicide, you might do it with two different weapons. So it's unclear which way that cuts. Yeah. So prosecutors say there's blood splatter evidence from... From his clothing that shows that he was there. He says there's no blood splatter in his his expert witnesses have testified there was no blood splatter that would match the killing. And in fact, he was there after the scene. He there was blood on his clothes because he went and he found them and obviously tried to tend to them. So so therefore there's blood on the uh, on his clothes. He it, had a really powerful expert witness that came on that say that based on the blood splatter on the walls of this area, this near these kennels, that it could, it must have been a very short man who in Alec Murdoch is is six four or yeah, something. Taller. Tall man, it couldn't have been possibly been somebody that tall in an unnatural position to shoot a gun from. It's a fascinating case in a lot of ways because he got on the stand, and I think we have how, uh, so you can assess his credibility. This is him on the stand talking about whether he shot his wife. Mr. Griffin, I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime, ever. On June the 7th, I wasn't thinking clearly, I don't think I was capable of reason. And I lied about being down there. And I'm so sorry that I did. Did you continue lying after that night? Did you not? But once I lied, I continued to lie. Yes, sir. Why? You know, oh, what a tangled web we weave. But once I told a lie, I mean, I told my family, I. I had to keep lying. Now, I wanted to I wanted to play that because if this were any individual on the stand, that might sound like quite compelling testimony because he's heartfelt and he's admitting certain things, but not admitting the 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 charge against him of shooting his wife and son. He's adamant that I didn't shoot these two people, but yes, I'm a liar. The problem for Alec Murdoch is Alec Murdoch is a very talented attorney. So his performance on the stand yes, has to be has to be taken into account that he knows what he's doing. This is not an individual who's swept up in something and you can sort of just look at them on the stand and say, is that person being sincere? He does this for a living. So he knows that he has yeah. to give a little. He knows that he has to say he's a liar. Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, 
and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So for some additional texture and to contextualize this family and what they've been up to, there are there are three dead bodies in their wake before Alec Murdoch's wife and uh, son. The first one is 2015. A teenager by the name of Stephen Smith was found dead of blunt force trauma on a road in Hampton County, South Carolina. It was a hit and run. Stephen Smith was out openly gay. There were rumors that Buster, the the remaining son, the son that was not killed uh, in the, in the trial as part of the trial we're talking about now, Buster was in a romantic relationship with Stephen Smith. But that was not open or public. No, but that facts were rumors. starting to come out about that. Stephen Smith, shortly after facts started to come out, ends up dead on a rural highway, a hit and run. No, nobody's ever fought, uh, ever caught. The district attorney of the area, who we now know is entangled with the Murdoch family, uh, could never find a, a, could never bring a case. There was nobody to bring a case against, he said, and the case is now cold. So that's 2015 that's case. That's right. The circumstances of that case, though, that he was found in the middle of the road. Uh, he was wearing loose-fitting shoes, but they hadn't flown off. Typically, if you're hit by a car at high speed, you will sort of leave your loose-fitting shoes. He was in his shoes in a strange position. The nature of his injuries didn't li- necessarily look like he was killed by an oncoming car. Yep. Buster, you're right, is is has a connection to, to Stephen Smith, but Buster doesn't have the reputation of Paul. Paul is the ne'er-do-well of the family, and, he, and Buster's the, the mild man. Paul's one. the son who was who was killed in the in the incident at the kennels. So the case never really went anywhere. Then we have their longtime housekeeper, Gloria Satterfeld, who in January of 2018 suffered a head injury and ultimately died after she fell down the front steps at the at, at their one of their estates. Um, so apparently, when the EMTs get there, they get a call from somebody in the house that's fault. When they get there, Alec, who Nobody knew quite knew where he was 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 over the body. He had gotten there before the EMTs, um, and said that in her dying breath she had told him that the dogs had run under her feet and caused her to fall down the stairs. Um, and no autopsy was ever ever performed. Apparently, the coroner was talked out of ever performing an autopsy on her body, um, and the coroner declared it death by natural causes without having done any autopsy. Natural causes, but she fell down, fell down stairs. The coroner later admitted that it was a mistake to declare natural causes. And in the wake of the killing of the Murdoch wife and, and son, this case has now been reopened. Her body is being exhumed for examination uh, of how she actually died. Yeah, that's right. The suspicion going on with the with the housekeeper is that the investigation never really started. What what appears to happen in these cases, and this is a small town, is they come and they say, oh, it's Alec. Um, he's going to be able to tell us the truth to the extent he knows us. He's a powerful, influential family. He'd never lie to us. And the cops sort of take at face value what he says rather than conducting an independent investigation. Now that he's on trial for double homicide, all of these things in the past are being reopened and reexamined to right. see if this family was just able to cover them up. And now talk about the death of Mallory Beach. So the death of Mallory Beach is sort of what really gives you insight into Paul. So Paul is was 22 years old when he was killed in June of 2021, but before then had a checkered history. He was a very sort of... Um, He's a rich, rich, he's a rich, entitled uh, kid yes, who right. loved to drink. Uh, occasionally, would get uh, violent with his uh, girlfriend, according to his 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 girlfriend. 
And they were out at an oyster roast, which is something you do uh, apparently you in low oysters. country. You go out and you yeah. take a bunch of oysters and you throw them on the grill and you drink and you have fun. He took his boat to this oyster uh, roast and late at night he decides to return with his friends. It's pitch blackout. I mean, this is a river that has no lighting. He's pissed drunk by all accounts. There's video surveillance of him boarding the boat and so forth. The, I think there are six or seven people who board the boat, and Including he's angry, Beach. and people want to take the yeah. keys from him. But it is Paul's boat, and Paul says, no, I'm driving this thing. A fight uh, you know, sort of erupts on the boat. He goes to the, to, the, to the steering wheel and pushes the throttle to full throttle. The boat lifts up. It's going as fast as it can, and it hits into a, a bridge embankment. Many people are tossed from the boat. They're all injured. One goes missing, Mallory Beach. Mallory Beach is not found for several days. The body is just missing in the river. Um, she eventually, uh, the, the body is found and she dies from this incident. Now, initially when the cops come, there's some discrepancy over who was driving the boat. He tries to maybe throw his friend under the bus, but it ends up being impossible. Yeah. Experts say for the friend to have been driving the boat. Right. So this is the nastiness that happened before even he's killed. So what comes out of the Madeleine Beach investigation though, is all of the financial crimes now. So, so the, the Beach family obviously files lawsuits and the whole thing for wrongful death of their daughter. Uh, the um, and through the investigation, through discovery in that case, all the financial crimes of Alex Murdaugh start to come out. Alec Murdaugh start to come out, and it they are numerous. Yeah. So he was he was, and he's testified now to this in, in the current trial. He has taken loans out from millions of dollars of people and just not paid them back. The dead housekeeper Gloria, what was her last name? Gloria Satterfield. There was an insurance scam that he tried to perpetrate, allegedly tried to perpetrate for her to have her insurance uh, her uh, life insurance 4.6 million dollars that suddenly disappeared into the hands of Alec Murdaugh and a couple of partners um he has he has built clients out of millions of dollars in recovery fees that he has gotten for them and simply walked away with huge amounts of proceeds allegedly so all these financial crimes start to come out and it's in the wake of this that his wife and son are now killed He's charged with double He's murder. charged with the double murder. And then tell us about the insurance scheme that came after that, which is perhaps the most puzzling. I don't even know what to make about this because he's such a narcissist. It's yeah. hard for me to even fathom that he would do this. But apparently he tried to hire a hitman to kill himself. Right. So, so he, people understand if you have a life insurance policy and you commit suicide, there's an exclusion. Some, sometimes there's an exclusion. Most policies. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's an exclusion for killing yourself because the insurance company doesn't want to pay out the proceeds of a life insurance policy if you have the power to control the payout. Yeah. Right. They don't want to pay out if you kill yourself. No, I don't want to take a policy out, kill myself. My family gets five million dollars. I intend to do it all along. Correct. Right. So there's usually an exclusion. But the allegation is that he tried to get around this by hiring a hitman to kill him and shoot him in the head. Unfortunately, he survived. He right. was shot in the head and survived, and so he could never collect on the, I believe, $10 million policy. Right. It's sad for him. But the reason I can't I can't square that, I'm sure it happened, yeah. uh, but I can't square it is because in every respect, he is a huge narcissist. Yeah. And the idea that narcissists willingly kill themselves for the benefit of his ne'er-do-well son, well son, I guess, but, you know, there's a man who's going to be... in. Good chance in prison for the rest of his life. Maybe suffer, you know, the death penalty. Oddly, still yeah. around in South. It Carolina. was hard to square because if you want to pull a life insurance scheme and you're a narcissist, typically what you do is you fake your death yeah, you fake and go death. go off to live right. in a, on an island community right. somewhere and just never surface and get plastic surgery. Right. But to kill yourself, yeah, it's tiger, a, tiger King kind of Tiger King uh, kind of yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so yeah, the, the case is 
filled with uh, just intrigue and it's fascinating everyone because the double murder is usually enough to sort of keep people's attention but this family dynamic in this small community is just got everyone it, it's so it's got so much Americana like wrapped yeah. all over it this well the scion of this wealthy family who was squandering the wealth by all accounts he really was squandering in the in the eight figure range the wealth that this family had built up through generations and the power and times are changing you can't yeah. wield that kind of power anymore without people looking into it and things just you know the allegation is things just got too much for Alec Murdoch and his pain in the butt wife was I getting know. too nosy and he decided to offer can we talk about one quick legal issue yeah. that we have discussed in, the, in about this case uh, Alec Murdoch was on the stand and the prosecutors were bringing a bunch of evidence about various lies that he's told and he tried to blunt that by saying I admit to those lies and the judge in the case said I'm going to allow some of this evidence to come in. I think people were a little bit confused as to why allow all this evidence if he's already admitted to so, it. So so it was, so for example you stole money from your clients. I've admitted that I did that. Well I'm going to allow the prosecutor to ask specific questions about exact dollar amounts and how you perpetrated all the crimes. And t this is really far afield of the underlying allegations yes. of you murdered your wife and kid. Now, there's no allegation that he did that as a result of the financial crime. So how is it relevant to the murder? Yes. But the judge said, you're going to be able to paint a picture of this guy as somebody who's a criminal. Yeah. And there's some latitude that you're given. Some of this is called character evidence. You keep it out entirely because you're just trying to paint him as a bad guy yeah. who then would tell the jury uh, he's also capable of murder. Usually you can't bring in that kind of evidence, but the judge is allowing it here. And I th find it interesting because you're right. It's not directly related, but they're letting them paint a picture. It's not cumulative evidence. And they don't want to allow Alec Murdoch to just say, yeah, I admit to all these things that don't matter for my murder case. Let's keep this focused right. only on the double homicide, right. which is hardest to prove. So it was done not in front of but witnesses. It's, but it's a risky it. move by the prosecution because you're now giving Alec Murdoch a, 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 a an appealable issue. Absolutely. Right? So so they, I don't think they needed this to prosecute him. The facts seem pretty pretty strong. I mean, you never although know. all circumstantial, we, no witnesses. Yes, but we, and, but and we've seen rich people get off of crimes where the evidence was at least as compelling as it is here, right? right? In those cases, you had crimes and murder weapons. Here, you don't have... Uh, you, exactly. you had witnesses and murder weapons. Here, you don't have either. So you've got... you've got, To your point, there's no... there's no. It's all circumstantial. But nevertheless, I don't think the prosecution needed this financial stuff to get, a, get, to, to get in, but you now have a really appealable issue. I couldn't agree more. I think the town has really turned on them. The prosecutors... This, this jury seems poised to convict this guy, um, and now you're giving him an out going to another court on appeal. So we'll see where this all lands, but we wanted to get you all caught up because I, I have a sense that the Murdoch case will become sort of the next case that we follow closely for weeks on it. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Thanks.